the moment that Jesus comes out of the temptation, look what happens. Luke chapter 4 and verse 31. Then Jesus went to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There too the people were amazed at his teaching, for he spoke with authority. Type that in the comments. Authority. Put it in your notes. He spoke with authority. You know, there's a lot of, there's, there's Christians in general, and especially, I'm not attacking anybody, I'm just saying it's the truth. Christians in general, especially some preachers, where you can tell that they don't, they don't speak with any authority. They don't minister with the, with the authority that Jesus ministered with. Every single Christian, and especially preachers, uh, should have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. And with that comes an authority and a boldness that only the Holy Spirit can give us. Now verse 33, once when he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, cried out, shouting, go away, why are you interfering with us, son of Nazareth, or Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, be quiet, come out of the man. So you can see he has authority to cast out devils. That's one of the things in Mark chapter 16, <coughs> Verses 15 through 20, that's one of the things that Jesus gave us the power to do as His disciples. The moment that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, we then have the boldness and the authority through His name and through His anointing to cast out devils. And Jesus is the one who uh, showed us the example of that. So He said, be quiet, come out of the man, He ordered. At that, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, What authority and power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him, and they flee at his command. The news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire region. Now look at this. Verse 38. After leaving the synagogue that day, Jesus went to Simon's home, where he found Simon's brother-in-law, Simon's mother-in-law, very sick with a high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever, and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. So there's a power that comes with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire that puts you in command over demonic, uh, demonic situations. Sickness and disease does not come from God. And I'll take it a step further. If someone is struggling with sickness and disease and maybe they've received prayer, they've asked God to heal them, and they, maybe they haven't received the healing, whatever the case could be, people believe all kinds of different things, but commonly people deal with the, the struggle that maybe it's God's will that they're sick, and I want to destroy that. God doesn't make people sick. If He did, then Jesus wasted all of His time going... The Bible says in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So who is the oppressor? He's the devil. And so Jesus and the devil are diametrically opposed. And Jesus completely destroyed the works of the devil in his death, burial, and resurrection. So sickness and disease is, a, is the work of the devil, either directly or indirectly. And so Jesus went around healing people. He went around performing miracles, and the same Jesus is still alive today. If you need a miracle in your body today or in your life today, let me know in the comments. Put a hand up if you need a miracle. God's going to do a miracle for you today in this live stream. I'm going to pray for people at the end 
to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, to receive healing in their bodies. I'm going to believe God for miracles to happen in your bodies where sickness and disease, Jesus is going to heal you and that sickness or disease is going to leave your body. If you believe it, say amen. And so it says, standing at her bedside, verse 39 Luke 4.39, standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. Verse 40, as the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed every one. No matter what the diseases were, the touch of his hand healed every one. Hey, Irma. It's good to see you. It's been a long time. I hope you're doing well. I, remember, I believe God's going to do a work in your life today. Whatever you need Him to do as you watch this. I don't know if you're working right now, if you have time to watch the whole thing. If not, that's okay. Watch the replay, but I believe God's going to do something for you. So no matter what their diseases were, the touch of His hand healed everyone. Verse 41. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, You are the Son of God. But because they knew, him, they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. So understand this. Demonic um, possession, oppression, ac demonic activity is real. Demons are real. The devil's real. But Jesus through the authority that, that He carries and through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, He had the authority and boldness and command over demonic power. Remember that. Because when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you receive the same authority that Jesus had when He was in the earth. And you immediately have authority over demons. So, continuing on, Luke 4.42, early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowds searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because this, this is why I was sent. And so you can see how Jesus in his earthly ministry, the moment he became baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and then he told everybody that I'm going to give the same thing to you. He modeled what ministry, uh, and I don't just mean full-time ministry, I mean as a Christian, what your life is supposed to have is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire so that you have authority and command because Jesus said uh, that, that we're supposed to occupy until He returns. We're supposed to occupy on this earth until He returns. That means that we're, we're in command. We, we, are in, uh, we have the influence in the earth. We're not being dominated by sin. We're dominating, we're dominating sin by the power and life of the Holy Ghost on the inside of us. And so you're, you're not dominated by demonic influence or demonic oppression. You're dominating every demon and the devil by the life of God on the inside of you through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and of fire. Can you say amen? And do you remember uh, Peter? Whenever That famous story when Peter... He, he, he saw Jesus on the water, and he, he wasn't sure if it was Jesus, and he said, if it's really you, tell me to come, and so Jesus told him to come. And that famous story, he stepped out of the boat. <clears throat> You're believing God for a miracle? Wow. Well, God's going to heal you today, Irma, if you believe it. 
If you believe it, lift your hands and just give me some fire emojis. He's going to heal you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so when Peter stepped out of the boat after Jesus said, come, um, and then we could see later on that Peter, that same Peter who stepped out of the boat, yes, he sank, but look, he stepped out of the boat. He was the only disciple to step out of the boat. He walked on water for a few seconds. I don't think anybody else has that testimony. So I don't choose to look at the negative side that he sank, he sank because he took his eyes off of Jesus. I choose to look at it like, wow, he had, he had the boldness and the courage to obey Jesus regardless that he took his eyes off Jesus. He's the only other person in world history to have the testimony of walking on water. And so that same Peter who walked on water for a few seconds later on, after he told Jesus several times, I will never leave you, I'll never abandon you, I will never turn my back on you. Well, we could see in the scriptures that later on, whenever Jesus was, uh, they were coming to arrest him because Judas betrayed Jesus, well, Peter was afraid. He couldn't even, he couldn't even stand up for Jesus around some girls at a campfire. Because when they asked about him, aren't you, aren't you one of the ones that was following Jesus? Aren't you one of the ones... And Peter said, I'm telling you, I don't know who he is. And that happened three times. So the bold Peter that everybody knows about, because he hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet, he denied Jesus three times. And so later on, go with me to the book of Acts. And I'll just read this part to you. The book of Acts. Um, we'll first go to Acts chapter 1. And look at verse 8, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And so he's talking about you will receive power. When do you receive the power? The moment you ask God for it. You don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes the moment you get saved. He lives on the inside of you. But I'm talking about an overflow. I'm talking about tongues of fire. When you get baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, you start speaking in other tongues. It's a heavenly prayer language. It's not a language from this earth. It's not a language of the world. It's not something where you're speaking a foreign language from another part of the world so that whoever's listening to you uh, can understand what you're saying. That's not tongues. It has a part of it in tongues and interpretation that can happen. But I'm talking about a personal prayer language that heaven gives you. That sounds like no other language on this. That's my personal prayer language. And you could pray at it. Pray in that language the moment you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. The only, the only stipulation is that you've given your life to Jesus. The moment you give your life to Jesus and, you, and then you, you become a prime candidate to ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, to baptize you with fire and help you to speak with tongues. And like I said, I'll pray for everybody at the end for miracles in your body, for, uh, to receive a heavenly prayer language if you've never spoken in tongues. And for fresh fire, if, even if you already pray in tongues. And so it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. That's the purpose of the power. To be a witness for Jesus. It, you, know, there is a, you know, the love walk is important because faith works by love. But too many times Christians only focus 
on the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all those types of things, kindness, gentleness, absolutely walk in the fruits of the Spirit, but actually the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire actually helps you to stay in the fruits of the Spirit, because otherwise you're going to default to the flesh. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire burns up all the flesh, burns up all the stuff that needs to needs to be uh, you know taken out of the way so that you can walk in the Spirit. Can you say amen? So it puts a fire in you to walk in the Spirit, to love people, and it also gives you a command over the demonic situations around you to be a witness for Jesus everywhere that Jesus went. I'll, I'll, I'll quote it again, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That same Jesus is going to touch you today through this live stream. I just feel the fire of God right now. Irma, whatever's going on in your body, I just sense the fire of the Holy Ghost right now. And he's touching you right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Whatever's been going on in your body, I curse it now in the name of Jesus. And I command you to be made well in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your healing power, your miracle working power. And if, if somebody else is watching this, I, I see some people on and I, I only see a few comments. So if you're watching this and you're afraid to comment, if you need a touch from God, don't be afraid to receive it. He loves you and He wants to minister to you today. But it's power to be a witness for Jesus. So that everywhere that you go, you're carrying, they say there's something different about you. They, they don't know how to put a finger on it. They don't know how to put words and describe it. But there's, they say there's something different about you. You carry a different joy. You carry a different confidence I've never seen before. You carry a different boldness. But it's not arrogance. It's just a boldness. You, you, you carry a different, um, a, a different joy about you. And that's being a witness for Jesus. Jesus literally makes all things new. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire changes everything. Changes everything. Type it in the comments for me. The fire changes everything. Now, go with me to Acts 2, Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture. And I haven't forgotten about Peter. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But remember, Peter denied Jesus three times. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. Type in the comments, suddenly. That's how fast Jesus baptized you with the Holy Spirit and fire the moment you ask Him. Suddenly. And so, a sound from heaven like a roaring mighty windstorm, or like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit, whenever you ask, whenever you ask uh, God to fill you with the baptism of fire, and you ask Him for your heavenly prayer language. You desire that. That's, he, feel, he fills you instantly, but you have to let it out. And the moment that you get baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, it's inevitable. Tongues just want to come out of your mouth. I've, I've heard testimonies. I've seen testimonies of people. I can't tell you how many people I have uh, laid hands on that Jesus threw me, the Holy Spirit threw me, 
instantly, the moment I laid hands on them, they began speaking in other tongues because they desired that, that baptism. It doesn't have to take a long time. For some people, it took a little bit longer because you have to work with them and stuff like that. It's no problem. But the point is, He gives it to everybody who desires it. And so, um, moving on to verse 5. Or no, let me keep going. Let me move down, 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 skip down. So, skip down to verse 14. Acts 2.14, this is very important. Remember Peter, the same Peter who denied Jesus three times uh, at the campfire. Said, I, I, I don't know who he is, because he was afraid. Well, the same, that same Peter, look at what he does right here. The difference between the Peter who denied Christ three times and the Peter that is baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire. Verse 14, then Peter stepped forward with the other 11, with the 11 other apostles and shouted... Not spoke nicely. Now I'm not saying he was rude, but I'm saying he shouted. He had to have a boldness and authority about him to shout to this crowd. He shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Apparently Peter had never been to New Orleans, Louisiana, or New York City, or any other city you would name where people are getting drunk all day and all night. But, verse 10, no, what you see is predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. So understand, the first thing that they realized is that the people that were being baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire, they thought that they were drunk on alcohol because they were acting drunk. But, the, but Peter said, the, the apostle Peter didn't say they weren't drunk. He said they're not drunk like you think. They're not drunk the way you assume on, on natural alcohol. Now moving on to verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That means you, that means me, that means everybody alive from this moment in this scripture. The last days I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. That's, that's a powerful scripture. I'm going to read it again. Acts 2 and verse 22. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. So the... So, Jesus' endorsement from God was signs, wonders, and miracles. And some religious people might not like this. It might sound arrogant to some, but it's the truth anyway. It's the same for you. Because now, we're the body of Christ. We're the resurrected body of Christ on the earth. We're His ambassadors and representatives now on this earth. So the same is true for us as Christians. The miracle signs and wonders are God's and Jesus' endorsement of His ministry flowing through us on this earth. Amen. 
So Christianity is a life of power. It's a life of fire. If you want to live a life of fire, type it in the comments. I want to live a life of fire. And put some fire emojis. But God knew what would happen and His prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles. You nailed Him to a cross and killed Him. But God released Him from the horrors of death and raised Him back to life, for death could not keep Him in its grip. King David said this about Him. And skip down. Verse 29. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself for he died and was buried and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet and he knew that God had promised with an oath that one, that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to go into the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead and we are all witnesses of this. Christ is risen from the dead. He is alive. He lives through me. He lives through you as a Christian. He is alive today, still doing signs, miracles, and wonders, still healing all who will come to Him with faith. If your says, if you, when your faith says yes, God will not say no. God will not say no when your faith says yes. Faith is the thing that moves the hand of God. Your faith is what moves the hand of God. Um, let me keep reading here. Verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins, excuse me, and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So notice that, three things. You must repent of your sins and turn to God. Talking about salvation. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to those who are far away. So it's to everybody. The moment you get saved, the moment you receive Jesus as Savior and repent of your sins, that's the moment you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire and walk in the power of God. Can you say amen? Like I've, like I've said many times when i preached in churches, whenever I've witnessed to people on the street, whenever I've preached on live stream, I've said this many times, but I'll say it again. When I was five years old, I gave my life to Jesus. I remember it vividly. But I lived from, five, from the age of five until I was 18 without the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So I spent that many years with the devil uh, you know, being able to dominate me because I wasn't walking in the power of God. Now God still protected me because He has mercy. He still protects people that, that for whatever reason they might be confused about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They might be afraid of speaking in other tongues. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to be afraid of. You can go to heaven without speaking in tongues, but why would you want to live this life without the very thing that Jesus said gives you power to be a witness? Why? I don't get it. But I don't believe that that's you today. I believe that you want it. So this problem is to you, or this promise is to you, to your children, and to those who are far away. 
all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time strongly, urging all his listeners, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. That's a lot of people. That's a mega church. And so, after that, you could see all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and, the, and to sharing and meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over, all, over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Type it in the comments. Miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day. They went to church each day. That doesn't mean they went in each other's homes. I'm not against people meeting in homes before and after church. But, uh, but remaining a home church is not the only thing that there 